Welcome to Accessible Art History, the podcast, the best place for art history lovers or anyone that is curious. My name is Annalisa, and I'm here to share an incredible work with you. Just a quick reminder before we get started. All sources and images will be posted on the Accessible Art History blog. You can find the link in the episode description as well as on our Instagram at accessible.art.history. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get started. In this week's episode, we are continuing with the Italian Baroque era with a work by Gian Lorenzo Bernini. It's called The Abduction of Persephone and dates from 1621 to 1622. Amazingly, he was only 23 years old when it was completed. This work depicts the moment when Hades comes up from his domain to abduct the beautiful young goddess Persephone. Bernini made rock into flesh, creating a violent and emotional work. To learn more about this amazing piece, then keep on listening. Although I've described the piece and story a little bit already, I think it's important to lay out the entire myth. According to the story, Hades, god of the underworld, was struck by one of Cupid's arrows. Under the influence of his love spell, his gaze fell upon the beautiful Persephone. She was the daughter of Zeus, the king of the gods, and Demeter, the goddess of earth. Hades was determined to make Persephone his wife. However, She did not return his affection. Not one to be stopped, he came up from his domain and kidnapped Persephone. She tried her best, but Hades was simply too strong. Once she realized her daughter was missing, Demeter was inconsolable. As goddess of the earth, her grief prevented the harvest from happening. Zeus, her brother, and the father of Persephone knew this could potentially spell the end of humanity. So he told Hades that Persephone must be allowed to return to the surface world, but only on the condition that she hadn't eaten anything. Persephone, however, had eaten six pomegranate seeds. Some versions of the myth state that Hades knew about this loophole and encouraged her to eat something. So Zeus declared that Persephone was to split her time equally between the surface world and the underworld. Fun fact, this is how the ancient Greeks explained the seasons. Now that we've got the story down, let's take a moment to examine the piece itself. The abduction of Persephone stands at about seven and a half feet tall and is made of Carrera marble. Bernini chose to depict the moment when Hades grabbed Persephone and is trying to drag her back down to the underworld. The pair twists and turns violently. The viewer can see Hades straining muscles, projecting his power. Persephone strains and screams for help, representing her innocence and weakness. One of the most remarkable elements of this work is the way that Bernini was able to transform rock into flesh. If you look closely at Persephone's thigh, you can see how he sculpted Hades' fingers to look as if they are pressing into her skin. There are actual dips in her muscle. It's these small, individual details that make the work so remarkable. I think that Bernini's son, Domenico, put it best when he described the work as a contrast of tenderness and cruelty. The abduction of Persephone is held at the Galleria Borghese in Rome, Italy. It was once a home owned by Cardinal Scipione Borghese, and the villa and gardens are one of the city's most popular tourist attractions. It is mostly famous for its late Renaissance and Baroque works, but it also has an impressive ancient Roman artifact collection. As I just mentioned, the collection was built up by Cardinal Scipione Borghese. He was a nephew of Pope Paul V and was one of the most powerful men in Baroque-era Rome. Through nepotism, he was effectively the second most powerful man in Christendom himself. This did make him some enemies, though, as Cardinal Borghese used his influence and wealth to force people to sell him their properties and possessions at well below market value. This wealth allowed Cardinal Borghese to become the patron to some of the biggest names in Rome, Caravaggio and Bernini. The gallery is filled with works by them, making it a must-see for Baroque enthusiasts. Next, I'm going to explore Bernini and the Baroque world, But first, let's take a quick ad break. 
let's take a look at the artist himself. Gian Lorenzo Bernini was born in 1598 in Naples, Italy. His father, Pietro, was also a sculptor and encouraged his son's clear talent from a young age. Although he was the sixth of 13 children, it was clear that it was going to be the successor to his father's legacy. However, it soon was obvious that he would in fact surpass him. From a young age, he was considered to be an artistic prodigy. When he was a young man, Bernini and his family moved to Rome in order to have greater access to patrons and the artistic market. His work quickly caught the eye of the papacy. In fact, Pope Paul V described him as the Michelangelo of his century. They quickly snapped him up, offering him commissions for churches and homes all over the city. The papacy could clearly see his talent and knew that it was crucial for the cause of the Counter-Reformation. Bernini would spend the rest of his life in Rome, except for a short diplomatic stay at the French court. Pope Urban VIII, two popes down the succession from Paul V, became Bernini's greatest patron. It was this man that made Bernini, quote, the next Michelangelo. He utilized his talents not only for sculpture, but also for painting and architecture. It was under Urban VIII's direction that Bernini redesigned the interior of St. Peter's Basilica, including the massive bronze Baldacchino. Urban VIII's successor, Pope Innocent X, also loved Bernini's style. He commissioned him to beautify the entire city including the piazza outside of St. Peter's and the numerous fountains around Rome. Bernini's personal life was not as illustrious as his artistic life. One of the most horrific stories involves his brother and a married woman. At one point in his life, Bernini was a bit of a womanizer. He formed an illicit relationship with a married woman named Costanza. However, she also began sleeping with his younger brother, Luigi. When Bernini found out, he flew into a rage. He hired a servant to attack Costanza and slash her face. Eventually, the authorities arrested Costanza on charges of adultery. Bernini escaped persecution due to his close connection with the papacy. Eventually, Bernini settled down and married a woman named Caterina. It was an arranged marriage sponsored by Pope Urban VIII, and she was about half his age. The couple had eight children, including Domenico, who wrote the first biography of his father. Bernini worked up until about two weeks before his death in 1681. Despite his close relationship with the elite of Rome, his funeral was marked with little fanfare or celebration. He was buried in the Bernini family vault in Santa Maria Maggiore in Rome. Some of his other famous works include The Ecstasy of St. Teresa, The Four Rivers Fountain, and David. The main goal of Baroque art was to invoke emotion within the viewer, and boy did Bernini accomplish this. The term Baroque means irregular, and it fits this period perfectly. For hundreds of years up until this point, art was more stoic and balanced. Rationality was key. But starting with the late Renaissance and Mannerist works, artists began to infuse more emotion into their pieces. As the Counter-Reformation grew, this emotion was meant to connect viewers with their faith more deeply and keep them from leaving the Catholic Church. Artists, like Bernini, accomplished adding emotion to their works by pushing things towards the extreme. Muscles flex tightly, mouths open widely, and exaggerated gestures all create the emotional narrative. To our modern eyes, it might seem a bit overdone but in the Baroque period, it served an important artistic purpose. At first, people responded well to this emotional piece. They loved how Bernini turned the marble into flesh and brought the ancient myth to life. However, about a century later, public opinion changed drastically. At this time, the neoclassical style was sweeping Europe. It was far more closely related to the Renaissance than the Baroque, balanced and rational with little to no emotional elements. Viewers found Bernini's work, especially the abduction of Persephone, to be vulgar and decorative. It was far too emotional, which took away from its beauty. It wasn't until the late 19th, early 20th century that Bernini and his work began to be appreciated once again. 
Today, he is considered one of the greatest geniuses of art history, and his works are quite popular in the general population's mind. The abduction of Persephone is Gian Lorenzo Bernini's violent and emotional interpretation of a classical Greek myth. He was a Baroque genius whose work has made a lasting impact on the history of art. Make sure to tune in next week as I move into the Dutch Golden Age. My first stop, The Night Watch by Rembrandt. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Accessible Art History, the podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at accessible.art.history for updates and keep an eye out for our next episode. They drop every Monday on your favorite podcast platform.